Great job, team. Head back to base for debriefing and Welcome to your first debrief and cocktails hosted by Reed Walker from Reality Breached. Somehow I convinced uh, Master Lugo to let me do this. And speaking of that adorable little chuckle you hear in the background, is the chuckle master himself, Sergio Lugo. <laughs> the chuckle master. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. All right. Well, thanks for thanks for giving me this opportunity, Sergio. I appreciate this. This is going to be a ongoing series about the James Bond franchise. We're supposed to be talking about the twenty fifth one at some point. Not not a good day to die. Hard. What is it? Do you know? <laughs> Are you keeping up with? No time to die. No time to die hard. That's it. That's yep, a good. That's yep. it. Crossovers I'm, I'm, are real popular right now, so that would be such a good crossover. I'd be interested to see that. I'd love to see a the common everyman, Bruce Willis, John McClane, and the fancy James Bond together. That'd be kind of neat. Uh, it it would. It I actually kind of think it would now that I'm thinking about it. So nonsense aside, what we're trying to do, and Sergio's probably gonna have to help me and remind me. Of some of these things because it's new to me. I, I'm not fancy about these schedules. That's right, right. Reed's never <clears throat> podcasted before, so no, it hasn't happened at all. <laughs> we are going to talk about twelve of the James Bond movies leading up to No Good Time to Die Today, and then we're going to talk about the other, the other twenty, other twelve, excuse me, after that movie comes out. And this first one is pretty much going to touch on this first set of movies is going to touch on the first six is what we're going to do for each actor. And then we're going to kind of cherry pick from there. So yeah. today yeah. we're, we're going hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm hosting. Hold on. Calm down. Uh, okay. Okay. Sorry. Get, sorry. 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 You're thanks, doing great, man. buddy. You're doing great. Oh, thanks, dude. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. I like attaboys. Uh, we are going to talk about today the very first James Bond movie, and that is Dr. No with Sean Connery and Ursula Andrews. Andrews? Andrus? I don't know how to say Andrus. that name. Andrus? That doesn't seem right, but we'll go with that. And I cannot think of the actor's name for Dr. No. I can't be bothered looking it up, but he, what a sharp-dressed fellow he was. <laughs> Dr. No! No, I want to I want to do some sort of combination of him and Darth Vader at the end of Revenge of the Sith, where it's Doctor No, that whole that'd be great. You sound like a Muppet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, our first section that we're going to talk about is going to be some form of an analysis. That sounds like a real reductive kind of thing, but I got nothing better right now. We'll come up with better section names at some point we might even have sound cues for these things if if uh if i can pay the bills for it sergio what so this is a give me your give me your background on the james bonding i have none whatsoever uh like prior to watching dr no uh sergio had never watched a single james bond movie really or like, like I'd, se- I'd seen parts. I'd seen parts, mm-hmm. but I'd never seen a full James Bond movie. <clears throat> oh man, not not even the the Pierce Brosnans or the Daniel Craigs, because that's no, where not, some not, a good of bit of people modern day got into it. I'd imagine. No, I, th- I think I might have seen part of GoldenEye when I was working mm-hmm. at the video store in the late nineties. Right, but I've never actually hmm. seen a full movie till Doctor No. Interesting. All right. Uh, for me, my history with it, 
I would never really say I'm a super James Bond movie buff or history buff. I've definitely enjoyed all of the movies and definitely got into them. Uh, I think GoldenEye was my first one that I watched and kind of went down the rabbit hole from there as time went on. And this is before, you know, Netflix and binge watching and whatnot and streaming access to, to movies. So we actually had to go to the video store. I remember having the VHS collection of all the movies <laughs> of the entire, like the 20 odd movies or whatever. I, I don't remember what it got up to at the time. Uh, I think I still actually have that at my house, maybe. Not complete anymore through just shuffling. Um, but yeah, so not a bit, okay. not big on the production or casting and all those kind of aspects of the movies. Just really enjoyed the movies and the characters. That was very, okay. They're very entertaining. All so, right. Okay. So starting with you, Sergio, then, with this movie, what did you, what did you think of it? So... Coming into this movie, I, you know, I had some preconceived notions as to what a uh, a James Bond movie is, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I feel like for the most part, this movie kind of hit, hit, like hit the nail on the head. Yeah, you know, just a, a real like swag filled, you know, spy guy with zero backstory gets thrown into a a ridiculous situation that he has to get himself out of. Hmm. And oh, yeah, like I, I didn't like I knew there was like a level of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't realize that this movie or I did that, that they would lean so heavily into it just basically being a cartoon. All right. What do you what do you mean? What What's the ridiculousness you're referring to? That's such that they've leaned so much into like like Dr. No has metal hands. <laughs> yeah, like, I, it's been so long since I've seen this movie. I forgot about that. <laughs> and they don't really explain it. They don't explain it at all. It's like, he's ah, just, I got him. I've got metal hands. So it's like, I guess that's why. So there's a, so there's some radioactivity things going on. So it makes me think, are his, are his hands really good for that? I don't know. It's not living tissue. And you, you know, the whole idea of putting the hands in the elastic gloves in the chamber and messing with things. Can he just get in there without the gloves? I wonder. He has people that that does did that do that for him. Okay. Yeah. Those has those to crush like cans and people's necks and stuff. You know, since you say that, I'm really surprised they didn't lean into that. Like a early, early version of jaws look like where they have this scene in a, in the movie where he has a, I don't know, a baseball, in his hand is like, I will crush you, Mr. Bond, if you get in my way. And then they slow show him crushing the baseball <laughs> in his hand. That's a very threatening Bond villain or henchman like thing. Yeah, yeah. It's in these movies. Let's see. This movie was what released in '62. This oh, was man, this yeah. was square in like the whole. Uh, we're going to show how strong something is by having it bend metal. Like, oh yeah. Th- 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 like that's how strength was shown back in before you know they could do real real effects oh man just just wait we'll we'll get there we well <laughs> we may not in these first six i'll have i don't really recall but that's absolute you're not wrong it's a hundred percent a thing they do in these movies where they just show characters do bend metal or do something to a metallic thing and it's like oh my goodness my goodness <laughs> like i Another thing that was just ridiculous to me is, is let's see, this is 62, so this is years before the Chernobyl disaster, right? Mm-hmm. I, I guess Hollywood writers in the world did not understand um, nuclear anything. Mm-hmm. Because, like, the the actions taken by Bond in, in Act 3, where he basically sets the the, the island up to explode... Yeah, like that's not a good thing like that. That's literally you're defeating Dr. No, but you're damaging the entire ecosystem of hundreds and thousands of miles surrounding this island. Yeah, they really don't even go into that. They don't even there. And I don't know if are we supposed to know? Can we know? Because he's at a like energy level valve and he just starts turning it, turning it up. And yeah. I don't know what that means. 
Again, it's just very cartoonish. It's 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 like it's like Bugs Bunny turning it to hot, and then Elmer Fudd going, "No, turn it to low." Yeah, order just it just explodes. Like I'm gonna yeah. turn turn everything up to the highest volume, and that wins. Th- then you hear the sound of a kettle whistle. Mm-hmm. And it looked like he was on. So it's just kind of weird. They don't really go into it at the end as much. They when they get to the surface. It looks like they're on an oil rig. Yeah, yeah, that's what it looks it, like. It doesn't look like they're on an island anymore. So I don't, just don't know. I guess you're just supposed to be done with it. Yeah, I, I, it's like there are aspects of this movie that I really liked. Like I, I really liked how they created the character of Doctor No without ever revealing him. Like you had a, had, you understood how powerful he was. You understood how he has intimidated the region. Like. They made a big deal out of this dude before mm-hmm. you even see him on screen. I, like, I don't think you see him until Act 3. Yeah, like, may, I, I guess maybe there's an argument. Well, yeah, it probably is Act 3. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Probably yeah, the so, last third. Yeah, so, like, they did a really good job of establishing this is what a James Bond movie is. <laughs> this is James Bond. This, this, is, this is the adventures he goes on. Yeah. And and they establish Spectre in this one too, so it kind of mm-hmm. sets up for a further coming of things because it's an organization. So and he's part of it. So hey, maybe in the next one there'll be another member of Spectre. That's that's the big villain. That's the real villain James Bond has to get to, not knowing anything about any more coming, but just yeah. the idea, the potential idea. Yeah, yeah. I, I I feel like I obviously have not read any of the books either, but I feel like. I haven't either. Uh, we did so much research. Look at that. Um, uh, you, now, don't, I, you really don't have to. The movies, I think, are handled very – they're very separate from the books. Yeah, but the, the thing is, is I feel like part of this movie was like listing – like who was the character at the beginning that he got the, the, the mission from or the, the lady at the desk? What was her – M? Money Penny. Who's Money Penny? The is that secretary M? that that no M is a M is a different person. M is the person who gave him his gun. That's correct. Okay. He, he yeah, went like, to the, so he visits the per, the secretary at the desk. That's Money Penny. Goes in. Gotcha. Gets, gets briefed, debriefed. Not, well, <laughs> okay. I guess briefed. That debrief Brief, later. Yeah. And that that is M. Okay. So, okay. Go. Uh, exactly like and they don't establish that i don't think no, they, they establish don't. that that's him but they, they do establish that like, i i feel like a lot of the things that happen at the top of this movie are only done because they were in the books it maybe it just kind of i, I think you'll have a better idea of the I, next movies like that's just, that's just the feel that i get from it because his interaction with miss money penny what this movie didn't benefit from that. It didn't benefit the story, like the whole sequence where he uh, gets his Beretta taken away from him because it's too small. Mm. There was no later in the. You would expect that to be a situation where later in the movie he finds a Beretta or he needs a Beretta or or the gun he has doesn't do the job right. Like it never really comes up again. It doesn't, but it does kind of establish some things about him because he so he's get he gets the new gun he gets the Walter PP PPK or PP7 I forget oh, the which PP. one I always forget which one it is cuz I I just don't ever look into it cuz in Goldeneye the game you get the gun the P, a PP7 or a PPK one yeah. of them one of those two is the Goldeneye made up gun and the other one is a real gun Oh, okay. And I think it's a Walther PPK is the real gun. Anyway, he has the Beretta, and he believes in it. Like, that's that's his gun. I've done so well with it. So you establishes that he's kind of likes his way of doing things. He kind of has maybe, – maybe he's a little stubborn. And M tells him that, yeah, well, that's nice and all, but it jammed on you, and it, and it messed you up last time you got injured, and we're not going to have that again. Yeah. So – you need to have this. And he's kind of resistant to that to the point where he's leaving the room with the Beretta and M has to tell him like Bond, leave the Beretta. 
take the PPK. <laughs> so it, it it's kind of establishes some it doesn't serve the greater story at all, you're right. But it kind of serves to tell us a little bit about him and his character and personality. Same thing with Money Penny. Doesn't really serve any doesn't serve the greater story at all, but it shows how he is with you know, and that's the point of these movies as far as I'm concerned, or it's a part of them. How he is with women, how he is with some women. Yeah. And at least with this particular one, it's different. And it also is it's the beginning of a trope for this move for these movies, which we'll get to later in another section. Okay. Uh, okay. That he that he and Money Penny have banter. That's just a, a th- an ongoing thing. So I, I like I like I said, I agree with you. I think these things kind of establish some of his character because for the rest of the movie, you don't really get too much more about his character, about who he is. Right, right. He's just he's generic white man with gun. Yeah, I mean, he well, he for a lot of things he is. He does again. He most of it he doesn't have character, but he does have some character showing where he's very gentlemanly. He's very proper, even in the face of bad situations. He can be. He's very proper. Like when they get abducted and taken into Doctor No's facility. He's mm-hmm. very cordial with the attendant, showing him to his room and 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 uh, Ursula Andrews to her room to their room, and he's like the the attendant saying, "Doctor Noble, see you for has given you breakfast, and he'll see you at dinner at so and so. Is that is that good for you? It's like, oh, that's excellent. Tell Doctor Noble we'll be ready to do that. You know, he's very proper, and yeah. then he apparently those kinds of things." are important to him or, uh, you know, manner, manners and appearances, stuff like that. He cares about how he dressed in like when they wake up from being drugged by the coffee, he asked the attendant, does this look appropriate for, for the dinner that we're having? And it's like, yes. And so there, there's a little character moments for him. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll, give, it, you, I'll give you that. And then, then they show that he's very clever and, and this, I can see where it's kind of a spot. You know, it's just the spy motif, but he's clever when he's going to the hotel, when he gets lands at the airport and he's going to go to the hotel, there's a car waiting for him. He calls the hotel before he le- before he gets in the car and asks, hey, did you send a car to come get me? He said, no, we just assumed you'd have your own transportation. So now he knows mm-hmm. <laughs> that that's a plant or that's a bad guy. So he deals with that. He puts the hair on uh the closet door and he knows somebody's been there yeah yeah and again that's another thing that he never checked back up on the hair yeah and and i don't i I don't remember to be honest i i watched this movie in three three parts basically so i kind of lost track a time or two with little things like that and i just don't remember but they i i really liked that they showed him doing some of these things some of the spy things that you have to do like the stakeouts where he goes and visits the the woman out in the country i'll just say the country out and wherever she is and gets rid of her when he finds out she's double crossing or she's working Mm -hmm. with them and he just stays there playing solitaire fix up the bed to make it look like he or she is there and the other doctor comes in to kill him or her, mm-hmm. whoever his intent was, but it's that it's just really neat to me to see that. That's a you don't always see that in a lot of these movies. You just see them cut to character doing other thing, and then the the spy or whoever is already they're just already there. So it's just neat to see the the follow through a little bit to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, like you, get, the, it does a good job of showing the process. Yeah, yeah, and and generally I kind of appreciate that. I enjoy seeing the. Maybe not for every single movie, but I enjoy – I like the process. I like seeing how these characters are supposed to function. Yeah. It's interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah, like it – I wasn't expecting much because the movie is so old. Movies that old typically just are hard to watch. And um, it's the first one. Yes, and, and it's the first one. Like they hadn't really established anything. Um, mm-hmm. but outside of it just being very cartoonish i did enjoy it yeah it was it was so quaint do you remember your your favorite a favorite part 
my favorite part or moment or thing or what oh yeah actually yes and this one is a very cartoonish moment um when when him uh what's the black dude's name coral what coral no no quarrel would you like do you want to look it up quarrel yeah are you look? You are looking it up. I'm looking at it. It's quarrel. Okay. Yeah. Coral. Yeah. Not to be uh, confused with coral. Coral. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like when when quarrel, Honey Rider and James Bond are hiding from those dudes on the island, and they use the bamboo shoots to breathe underwater. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I laughed out loud. I was like, "This is ridiculous, <laughs> dude." But it's the '60s. It's stuff like I don't. Uh, this is of the thing I wish I'd have actually done a little research on was maybe movies of the time, mm-hmm. maybe five odd years before to see. Cause I'm under the impression that this movie is really something for its time and that it's, you get to see this character be kind of the male fantasy and that he gets to go to these extravagant locations and do, and he's a spy and all these things that people don't, and it's the '60s. People don't have Google, so yeah, yeah. For all you know, you can breathe underwater with with band with bamboo shoots. Yeah, it, right, right. And you, you can't like <laughs> you got to do more work than just chopping off a bamboo shoot. <laughs> <laughs> and like that, that that was my favorite part because it was so ridiculous and effective and funny. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it was meant to be funny. Uh, I, it probably I wouldn't. <laughs> not at the time. <laughs> not back, uh, yeah, not back then. What, what I also thought was really funny, like in the very first Bond movie, a character that is supposed to be a spy, and traditionally, at least in 2020, when I think of spy, I think of someone who can blend in. No. They send him to Jamaica. Yeah. May they should have found a different double O. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's. We're, he is not going to blend in in Jamaica. No, and and you'll and you'll come to find out real quick. James Bond doesn't really blend in. He's definitely not that kind of spy. Not really, because that dude just gives out his name. Yeah, relentlessly. Like, I I I feel like whoever's creating me, whoever created James Bond, doesn't understand what like Ian Fleming. I don't think he understands what a spy is. <laughs> I don't know either because it's definitely under some weird assumption that characters are either dumb, he doesn't care because he's just so badass he can deal with it and he doesn't doesn't matter, I, or I I just don't know man because like with the with the woman he hooks up with and then later plays solitaire in her house, like he just gives her his name oh what is your name sir Bond James Bond it's like if he is working with the bad guy if she is working with the bad guys. You just told them that you're there. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Yeah. It's a, he's 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 either not a spy or a really bad one. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't. I'm not really sure how you're supposed to take these that aspect of it, but you know, it's just whatever. It's it's what it is. <laughs> so so you had the good moment, and I want to, and I wanted to try. You know, maybe we should try and keep it that way, where you. Talk about your favorite moments because that's a positive thing, and I'll talk about the bad thing, and I look like the bad guy. So we'll do that. Okay. I'll be the I'll be the Bond villain. I had we're, one or we're two. Flip little... this around because I'm usually the guy complaining on the other show. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Well, let's 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 cha- we're changing it up, baby. I'm leading, so we'll change it all up. The uh, I had a couple little issues, and as weird as you might take some of this as as you know how i am about some about movies and certain little things i'm really on board with these movies for the most part i don't give a shit you got fucking roller skates rocket boots and a knife in your heels bro i'm on board i believe it i'm not (laughs) questioning you at all (laughs) what i am gonna question is just little logical things that don't that don't make enough sense that are supposed to that are supposed to probably be in the realm of logic mm-hmm. or normal logic, not fantastical, such as when he's in the jail cell, right after dinner with Doctor No and all that, mm-hmm. and he finds out that the uh, vent 
is electrified, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and of course, rubber shoes are magical, and he <laughs> opens the vent with the rubber shoe. Okay, all right, I, I guess that works. I'm on board. And I guess, I don't know, just like I, I think I said this for the Mission Impossible movies, funny enough, it's another spy series, and I said, I don't know how explosions work. <laughs> I don't think I know how electricity works because in my mind, if that vent cover is electrified, is the surrounding frame, if the vent cover is removed, no longer electrified? Is it uh, not? I, assume I guess it, I guess it just depends on where the electricity is coming from. I guess it does because he definitely just straight put it, puts his hands on the frame where the vent cover was, and I'm thinking, how are you not electrified still? <laughs> isn't that how that? Isn't that the point of which it was getting the electricity? <laughs> anyway, it was pretty dumb. Like it is there was dumb. literally no reason for them to electrify that that, that vent. The uh, and and while I appreciate. So at the same time, I appreciate while I dislike it, while he's traveling through those ducks, it ends up being that the ducks are very, they're either very hot or very cold. I assume hot because there's steam later. Yeah. He takes off his jacket, tears it up and wraps his hands in it. So he doesn't burn his hands anymore. Okay, cool. I'm on board with you. I like that. I actually think that's a, a neat, you know, it's maybe a little thing. It's not real. I don't care, but it's a, it's just a little thing. And I'm like, all right, man, that's cool. Let's go. That's good resources. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he. But what about his knees and his feet? Like he's still. What What do you mean? Like, is he not burning anything else on his body that's touching the pipes? Why is it just his hands? But you know what? Whatever. I'll let that go. This is the one that really got me. <laughs> where he comes out the other end of that duct, knocks out the vent the the grate for it and it's still hanging there i want to make that point it is hanging the hanging there uh-huh. he comes out of the vent looks around where he is he hears somebody coming and he runs around the corner right on the same uh wall as the vent just around the corner of it a dude walks in doesn't look at the vent that is weirdly open and just walks on just just doesn't even pay attention to it, apparently. And look, 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 look. All I'm saying is, can the guy not get a, a Metal Gear Solid exclamation point on his head and then Bond take <laughs> him out? Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying the same thing can't happen. It just doesn't make sense that that guy wouldn't see that. And I was like, Why? please don't do that. Please. <laughs> Help. It's, yeah, yeah. Like, like you're just again. It's all, it's all about suspension of disbelief. Like, and you and just, you just yeah. have to believe that that person isn't that dumb. Yeah, and and I'm look. I'm totally happy to suspend disbelief to the point of people being better than each other despite certain things. People having abilities and all these different things. But I just, I can't, man. That that I, that takes me out of it. I'm like, look, you wrote that bad. Look, just go, why didn't you go back? Go back to the editing room, the writers' room, and say, "Okay, he sees it, and then Bond takes him out because he's distracted by it." Done. Yeah, it's so easy. And the the last little thing I'll say, and I don't know if this is too dark, so I'll try and say it in such a way that you can edit it out, <laughs> 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 or too much to say. They take away honey at one point from the dinner, and you find later that she's. Uh, strapped down to like a, a slanted area where water is building up. I guess. What is this death, this Bond esque level death trap? Is it supposed to be? Ah, my dear, you will, you will drown in twelve hours when the tide comes in. What? What is the point? <laughs> Why is she there? I don't I, get it. Like I, I, I did think. Oh. Well, I guess she's screwed when the tide tide comes in. Like that's that's what I thought. I guess, yeah, because it's not you know Bond got put in a prison cell. She, I mean, why wasn't she in the prison cell? She why wasn't went, she went sent back to the swim. surface? Apparently, <laughs> I don't know. Oh man! All right. <laughs> well, any any other things you want to talk about in this 
analysis part, Sergio? Uh, <laughs> uh, not anything specific. Like it's it's it was a fun watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's especially considering how old it is. You know. Yeah. It definitely still holds up a little a little bit as the first one as the first one for Sean Connery, and uh, that's a handsome man, or he was. That, he was uh, a that, handsome fella. He was quite a handsome fella. What a what a pick. What a James like, Bond. His jaw could have played that part. Just his the, his <laughs> jaw alone. Uh, it's it's something else for me to see that they're just flagrantly. I say flagrantly like it's everywhere, but they're just smoking in the movie. That's such, that's an <laughs> that was an interesting thing I couldn't not notice. <laughs> Reads Dreamland. <laughs> it's like wow, you don't really well, you just don't see that anymore. You just don't even see it. You just don't really see it very often in movies. Characters smoking. True. True. So it's just a period period piece sort of thing, along with the uh, kind of like I think it's pretty iconic. I could be wrong. Ursula Andrews coming up the beach. Yep. When you first see her, if I remember, that's supposed to be a you know that's a big uh, snippet of of the movie. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so section dose is going to be about music, and that's ninety five percent of the reason Sergio Lugo's even here. Oh, jeez. Uh, the, the The remaining four five the remaining five percent is a combination of watching me and making sure I don't screw this up and <laughs> and enjoying the ride. Yes, yes, <laughs> and just getting me to watch those movies. Yes. So we'll make it maybe 85, and that's like 10%. Oh, we'll work that out later. But the second one is going to be, the second section is going to be on music. Cue sound clip now. I'm just okay. going to assume it lasts that long. All right. Tell me, I, I'm going to start since I'm the less knowledgeable on this one, or not as fluent in this as you are. This one compared to the rest of them if i'm not mistaken if if not most if not just most of them maybe not the next one but anyway this one relied really heavily and i'd remembered and forgotten all at once this one really relies on the james bond theme throughout the movie yes like the the, 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 the music cues were really good yeah i don't think they're bad it's just i just forgot how much they used the James Bond to it. The the doom 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 just it's all over the place in this movie. Yeah. It is yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's what's so odd is I didn't know I was so familiar with that that score. It just I guess I just soaked it in through, you know, social osmosis. Mm-hmm. Because every time it would, you know, it, the, those those sound cues would, you know, pop up and be like, oh, I know this. Oh, I know this. I know this. I know this. this. I've heard that one. Yeah. They played that a little while ago. <laughs> like, did, <laughs> am I just having some sort of memory thing where I don't realize I've seen all of these? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think that song is just really, it really is one of the most iconic movie themes to me maybe i'm wrong in saying that but no you're right you're right it's absolutely it's iconic to me i'll i'll yeah. never forget it and they establish the shit out of it. it they super yeah they really do like no i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing but they super do yeah yeah like the yeah, my understanding is that all of the the a lot of the movies later have dedicated theme songs done by like pop artists and shit and that's For the cool. intro they do yeah yeah, um, that was not the case here, and that's fine, you know, because uh, so we don't really have to talk about music that much. Um, mm-hmm. But I do want to just just focus on how good that theme song is and how well it's est- it, it was established throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Do you do you think maybe this is a different? Maybe the sixties were different. Maybe I'm looking at it the wrong way. Do a lot of other movies have? scores throughout the movie normally you know just like hey this is the time when danger's happening this is the time when happy things are happening or this is just the the arc of this character you know these scenes and this one doesn't really have that it's a lot of quiet 
scene sounds. It's not music in the background playing. Yeah. Is that right? Would you would you say that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like all movies have a score. Like even in in, in the sixties, you know. Um this one the the score was just very uh it was pared down. Like there there wasn't there wasn't unique scores for each scene. It was just the same music over and over and over. Yeah. What did you think of the uh, the Three Blind Mice song? Or did that mean any, make any difference to you? Oh, that was dumb. I did not like that at it, all. Okay. Was it the song choice, or that that it what they were doing in the movie with it, or I I I might have been just the song choice. Uh-huh. I was just so stupid. So stupid. So stupid. Okay. All right. Well, maybe next time we'll get to expand a little more on on that one then. So section three is going to be about tropes. Tropes. And it's predominantly going to be about the James Bond tropes, but we might go into more about, you know, maybe movies at the time. Whatever, just maybe other tropes that exist that aren't strictly James Bond. <laughs> so, what did what did you think about? Did you look into the tropes at all before? Yes. Okay. So, so, this, so this? there's like four, like four or five different tropes that uh that I kind of wanted to hit on. One is James Bond has a license to kill. Mm-hmm. And so my thought was, then we, we need to keep track of how many people he kills. Oh, okay. All right. You know. Um, I, I, I was, I was, about this. yeah, yeah. So I, so I, I, while watching the movie, you know, a lot of people die, <laughs> but not many by James Bond's hand. Like he doesn't do the actual murdering. Yeah. He really doesn't in this one. Um, not he killed many. by my count four, four. Yeah. He killed four people. Mm-hmm. Um, I could be wrong. Uh, I'm looking it up now. I just want to make sure that I'm right. Uh, Dr. No, yes. He kills four people in Dr. No. And one one of them, one of them is questionable because I don't think he actually killed Dr. No. Dr. No just died. He kind of pushed him in the water. Yeah, he kind of pushed him back down so he could get up and get off of him. Yeah. Which we didn't talk about this in analysis, and that's probably where this belongs. I thought that was kind of hilarious that that's that he dies due to his handicap. (laughs) (laughs) And that's definitely what he talks about earlier in the movie where it's a handicap is what you make it and all these kind of things like, ha, I bet you wish you had normal hands now. (laughs) Idiot. (laughs) We should have made some better hands, put some hooks on there. I don't know. It was just kind of funny. I forgot that that's how he dies. Effectively, yeah. because of his hands. Any other yeah. tropes? The other tropes. Uh, he's he's quite, a quite the ladies' count. man. Quite, quite the you ladies. Might man. argue defining feature. Yes, yes. He's he's he seems more worried about getting laid than he does <laughs> of, uh, about solving the the spy crime thing. Yeah, what was it? He was he got with the woman from the casino. We'll call it the casino for lack yeah. of. No, I don't think they ever established exactly what it is, but uh, from the card he gets yeah yeah from the card game at least that he he gets with her gets a call that he has to go somewhere and he has to leave immediately and she said oh do you really have to leave immediately yes I need to go now she's and she starts just kissing on him is like well maybe not right now <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm my flight's leaving right now I, they'll wait for me I'll be fine. <laughs> It's it's exactly. just incredible. It's incredible to me how he how he has to leave immediately on these planes. And I think if you've ever flown before, you can't miss that shit. You, well, you, can, if, you, you, you can if it's a uh, you know if he's a spy, he can leave whenever the fuck he wants. But we don't really know, and that's kind of that's a fun thing to point out. Actually, they they never really establish. How is he flying? Is he on a private plane getting there? Is he going commercial? I, 
actually, actually, I wonder. No, no, I, he was flying commercial because he he was flying Pan Am. Oh, see, then that, yeah, I know. I, I noticed that. I was like, oh, Pan Am, look at that. That's funny. Then you got to wait like you got to wait four hours or next day or some. You got to wait wild amounts of time. Like, oh, you missed your flight. That's too bad. Guess you're going tomorrow. <laughs> the guess the world hope the world's still here, dude. Uh, All right. Anything he, yeah, else? He, yeah. Um, let's see. He slept with two girl, two women on this in, in this movie. Uh, ironically, didn't sleep with uh, what, what's her name? Uh, Ursula Andrews uh, with Honey. Andrews, Honey. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. no. Such a ridiculous name. Yeah, Honey Rider. Yeah, Honey, honey Rider. Mm-hmm. Honey Rider. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm he, assuming it's a lie. Yeah, he didn't sleep with her at all. Well, we don't. We don't know. It's 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 a. It becomes actually sort of a okay. No, now I remember how the movie ended. Let's yeah. just say yeah, yeah. So that's three, three in this movie. Right, and he, and the end of that is kind of a trope too in itself. Really, where he kind of gets, uh, you know, the movie ends and it's like somebody finds him in a in a position like that, and. They, but he's with the woman. He's with a female, and it just kind of ends on them getting together. <sighs> so, so he he slept with almost as many people as he killed. Almost. They they definitely establish, and you don't really know it's a trope yet. Uh, and obviously, all of these you don't really know just based on the first movie. But they they have the trope of the villain explaining their devious schemes to him. Yeah, and him being in bad circumstances like he's in Dr. Nose Lair. He gets put in the, in the cell and but he escapes. He gets out of all of it. There's very, It seems to be very little consequences despite the circumstances that he's in. He's in a subterranean type area and somehow gets out mm-hmm. and oh, doesn't yeah. just get murdered on spot. You know, at least this movie kind of does de- does it okay, where Dr. No thought he could convince James Bond to join Spectre. He kind of, he hoped for that. So it makes sense why he doesn't kill him right off the bat. Yeah. But as soon as Bond proves to be nothing more than a policeman, as Dr. No puts it, why is he not just dead? Like, I mean, that's it. That's That's <laughs> the trope I'm really hitting on right there. As soon as Dr. No decides that ah, you're just a dumb idiot and you're just a normal person, you're inferior to me, I'm done with you. He just puts him in a jail cell. Yeah, you're supposed Why? to put a bullet in his head. Just put a bullet in his head. Yeah, just just dead that man. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and I guess some of the other tropes really weren't in this one yet, like the uh, the, the, the the stupid gadgets. Yeah, no, they're not. Yeah, they're yeah, they are there, not. There yet. wasn't a ridiculous gadget in this in in this movie. Mm-hmm. Well, we we'll get there. I think. Uh, Live and let dies. The no, no, on Her Majesty's Secret Service is the next one, I guess. So, and I think they they've at least started by then. I believe. Okay. So we'll see. Okay. They, we'll get there for sure, though. Like I can assure <laughs> you for a fact, if it didn't by before then. Goldeneye absolutely shows up. Goldeneye is, is fantastic. <laughs> you'll 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 see. You'll you'll see. We'll get to that. Hmm. Well, any other any other tropes? I don't think so. What what did you think about? So, do you remember Quarrel? Was he was he a native to Jamaica? Yes. Or was he? So he just doesn't sound Jamaican. <laughs> I think he sounded a little Jamaican, like he, like he, he, he spoke another language, right? I don't, I, I don't recall to be honest. Yeah, uh, and, and oh, and he just went out like a little bitch too. Like, how did it even go out? I kind of he was remember. set on fire by the flamethrower thing. Oh shit! I missed that. No, not quarrel. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Coral. 
I was uh, like, oh, well, you don't have to go back for that guy. <laughs> so, and, and this being the first one, I, I'm, I apologize for not leaving these things alone. This is something I definitely wanted to say about in, in reference to the analysis sort of thing. And you could maybe think this is sort of a trope, uh, you know, so I'm trying to give myself some wiggle room. And you talked about the whole nuclear radioactive thing at the time for the 60s. Mm-hmm. It's really funny how they decontaminate them <laughs> if you if you oh, look yeah. at it. Yeah. They just throw some powder on them and wipe with a mop one time, like up or down once. And it's like, all right, he's clean. That's yeah. it. And they spent a really long time. Like going through the machine, obviously it was supposed to be like, uh, like a, like a sexy moment, because both of them had to get naked and you know you had to hide their body parts and you're supposed mm-hmm. to be like ooh ooh take your shirt off Bond you know but mm-hmm. it just was kind of dumb. Yeah, and and like the, all of that when they're going through the, the we'll call it the the decontamination runway. The, you know, I don't know anything about. I don't know enough about that stuff, but that seems fine. I guess I can at least believe it. But I, I just can't believe the. It was so funny to me for whatever reason. Them throwing the powder on and then taking the mop to him, and they mm-hmm. rub it just on just a, just his chest area, just swipe up and down. All right, he's clean. <laughs> like, what are you? What? I don't understand. <laughs> That's not how that works. That's that's like that's the equivalent to washing your hands for twenty seconds, but really you just put water on them. That's it. Yeah, yeah. That's what. What do you mean? You didn't just have them shower together. Like (laughs) that's pretty good. All right. So moving on to our last section, and I'm, you know, I've let you lead a couple of these because. You're newer to the thing, to these movies, to this stuff. So I wanted to get your perspective first. This one you understand better since this is your idea. We're going to do a ranking, and this is going to get expanded as we go on through these. So this first one's going to be really short and real easy. But the rest of them is going to build and build and build. So, Sergio, if you would explain to the... 20 plus people at home listening <laughs> what this rank what we're doing with the ranking of these movies okay so we're we're building a list uh we'll start obviously with this one as of right now since this is the only movie we've watched this is the best bond movie the best the best Top a- after the yeah. next episode we will then uh which what's what's gonna be the next episode um when or what, like which movie? Which, yeah, which movie? Is it On Her Majesty's Secret Service? Uh-huh, yep. Okay. After we watch that one, we will say whether or not it is better than Dr. No. If it's mm. better than Dr. No, it becomes the best James Bond movie. And oh. our list will be two movies long. We will then, as we watch more movies, expand the list, and it will grow until it you know is 25 movies long. Mm-hmm. And we will be able to say this is the best this is the worst, and here's a ranked list. How do you feel about ranking the Bonds in this, too? And then it doesn't have to oh, continue fine. for all the movies, but we could just... These first six that we're doing are going to be all of the James Bond first appearances. Yeah. So all the could, actors' first, first appearances. Yeah, the actors' first... Right. The actors' first appearance. So we could lump that in, too. I, I think we should... We can do that. You know, we'll put a pin on it. We'll, we'll so come, as I'm of, sorry, as we're having this conversation right now, now. Sean Connery is the best James Bond. He is the hairiest, best James Bond there is. And he's the worst. And, oh, no. Because he's first and last right now. Oh, no. So I guess it's the same thing for Dr. No, then? Yes, yeah. Oh, no. All right. Well, that's a, that's a hell of a ranking, I guess, you know. You, It'll Doctor make more no. sense once we get more movies to rank. Yeah. I, I feel like this is the first and only time Doctor No will be ranked number one. That's, that's maybe. Only time. 
Yeah, that that's maybe not true though. On Her Majesty's Secret Service is is a different movie. But it, I wonder though. I'll be really interested to watch that movie in only comparing it to Doctor No, since it has a sort of there's kind of a thing with that movie, and I think you'll see it. Okay. But it's also an evolved version of the character too, so it has that sort of advantage against a movie like Doctor No. At least in in the grand world of James Bond, maybe the actors make the difference and all that sort of thing. Yeah, but the world's definitely expanded. The gadgets get there. The the quip things get there. All all sorts of things like that. So it'll, it'll be interesting actually to kind of see that movie put to put to each other. Well, any uh any closing thoughts, Sergio, to to all this to this uh, starting endeavor. Uh, I am glad we are taking this adventure. Mm-hmm. Uh, because for for a very long time, uh, James Bond has been a, a a severe blind spot in my my pop culture knowledge. Mm-hmm. So so, yeah yeah, I'm excited. All right, I I'm very excited myself. I haven't seen a good many of these movies in a long time, and I'll be really interested to see them. A couple of them I will not be excited at all to rewatch <laughs> because, damn, I remember them not being good. Uh, I'm I'm looking at you mainly, Quantum of Solace. Oh shit! Okay. Wow. Not, not, not looking forward to watching that movie. <laughs> gang being one person, maybe that everybody listening right now is the gang. I don't know. Anyway. These outros are hard, Sergio. You should have told me. <laughs> Thanks so much for stopping by, anybody and everybody who listens. And thanks so much, Sergio, Master Sergio Lugo, for you've got you've got to stop saying master <laughs> for co-hosting to. this here podcast with me and helping me do this and put it together. He does all the pre and posts and all these sorts of things. He's real fancy with the mix mixer ampers. So, really appreciate it, and uh, we'll catch you guys next time on these briefs and cocktails. Debriefing and cocktails. You are listening to Keith the Hip, Q-Nod, and Brick of Rock. I'm a girl, I'm a girl.